Once again, I want to welcome everybody that has joined our live webcast today. Uh, thank you for slotting in. Know that you are loved, cared for by God, and that He smiles over your life. That He's got a beautiful hope for you, that He cares for you, and that your well-being is important for Him. He loves you so much that He would grant you eternal life to have you with Him forever. That is what that is how things work. That is what the gospel is all about. It's about the goodness of God wherein we are granted eternal life. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. <clears throat> now, uh, today's teaching might be a little bit theological. And uh, for those of you that are slotting in for the first time, this might be, uh, you might find this a little bit difficult or complicated to understand. I apologize for that. Uh, but I just believe that uh, this message is necessary. Um, in the light of what I have ministered in the previous services and also with some questions that came uh, to our office. Uh, you know, the, the uh, one person asked a question and said, Bertie, you, it, it basically boils down to, did Jesus now come to end the lawman? <clears throat> did he come to carry sin or did he just come to give a message uh, that God can raise the dead? What is... What is that all about? Now, uh, that might sound like nothing, uh, but it is a, a theological question that needs to be answered. Now, um, I would like to just explain the basic doctrine that I believe. Now, um, like the Apostle Paul, he said that he, he spoke about his gospel, his message. And that's how I feel about what I preach. Um, what I preach is from a personal relationship with God, where I pray, I, um, I, I've, been, uh, um, I've had an encounter with the Lord, where He has spoken to me, um, and where He has shared His heart with me. And as the Lord shares these things, and as I start to receive answers on certain difficult questions um, in life, I love to share that with people. So I'm, what I'm going to lay down now is how I see the gospel. That's actually what every pastor does. We, uh, we go from a perspective of, well, I'm preaching the gospel perfectly as the Apostle Paul preached it, and that's how, what every pastor thinks. Um, but I would like to take the writings of Paul, take the writings of uh, John, James, and the Old Testament writers, and, and just share with you how I see the gospel, what I think the real gospel is. You know, if we would sit, um, put a lot of... Uh, uh, learned people in one room and asked them, what is the gospel? My goodness, you know, you're not going to have many people say the same thing. Uh, the gospel, some will say that it's the good news that, that uh, we shall be saved. And then others will disagree and say, no, 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 it's the good news that we are saved. And then there will be so much different things. So I would like to come share my view with you in the hope that it finds resonance in your heart. Um, because I do believe from the depth of my heart, obviously, like any preacher should, uh, that what I'm preaching is the absolute truth. <clears throat> uh, I want to read from John chapter 6. John chapter um, 6 and verse 28. Then said they unto Jesus, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? At the end of the day, this is what we all sit with, you know. What must we do that we can bring forth 
that which God wants to see manifested in this life. Listen to what he says. What must we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, or this is God's work, that you believe on him whom he has sent. So he says, and, and, and I, I remember the way in which I preached it always is, this is, the, the, this is the gospel, that you just believe in Jesus, you know, and that is the work of God. That's the only thing I must do. But I see a bit deeper into that now. Um, I, I believe what that passage actually says is very simple. He's, they're asking him, what must we do that we can bring forth the perfect will of God? In our life that is what they are basically asking and we can see that if we read the rest of that passage um, as well and uh, he comes and he says Jesus answered and said unto them this is God's work this is what God is trying to do this is God's dream for your life that you believe on him whom he has sent now believe you know <clears throat> If you would ask people, do you believe that this, is, this guy is Jesus of Nazareth? They would say yes. If you would ask people after Jesus died, if they believe that he died, they would say yes. Um, a lot of people that he appeared to, if you ask them if they believe that he rose from the dead, they would say yes. But um, that doesn't mean if you believe in that historic event and that those things were so, that it meant that you were saved, you are saved. Um, what, what, is, what was God's whole plan with man? What was he trying to get through to people? And this is what Jesus basically said to, um, to, to his disciples or to the people, the, the Pharisees that asked him, the Sadducees, the learned people. He said, this is the work of God, that you will believe Jesus. This is, if, if, God, if, if God can bring forth, this is what God is working at. This is the will of God, that you simply trust Jesus. Now, trust Him for what, like I said? Very simple. Trust that He is the bread of life. Trust that He can give you immortality. That is it. Um, in the way I think about doctrine, and, and let me, before I continue there, just put this, these other uh, uh, foundational uh, foundations down. What I see the gospel is all about is, it's about a God that made people in his image and in his likeness. Now that is very, very important in theology, is to understand what we are. And then this being that's in the image and likeness of God could only have immortality or eternal life based on God that shares his life with his being. Now, this is how I see it. God, which is eternal, which is not subject to death, which doesn't need to conquer death, neither does he need to conquer sin, for he's never been subject to sin, he's never, he's never um, been subject to death ever, so he had no need 
to conquer it, this God took dust which was not from the eternal, but which was in the um, in the in the temporary. In the it had a beginning. So here is a God that says, "Let me take something and create it, make it." He makes dust, and from the dust I'll form a man. So here is a being that's got a beginning. He's not from everlasting to everlasting. He's he's in the temporal. And I'll take it and I'll give it life. And then once it's alive, should he be united with eternal life, then his life will be preserved eternally and he will never die. Uh, in other words, he will be taken out of the... Um, I, I don't know what the African... The... the um, out of, out of time, where you don't have a beginning or end, but where you are united with eternity. Uh, eternity not just as in um, the afterlife. I'm talking about having the ability to exist forever. Uh, where you are not just dust and return to dust, but where you can actually exist with God forever. So what God wants to do, and this was God's plan from the beginning, He said, I want to create a being that is like me. Very, very, very important. Um, when we say we are in the image and likeness of God, we are saying, one of the things we say is, we function like God. When we say we function like God, we are saying that we are a being that lives by, um, by belief. That's one of the main things, is that, that we are a being that's got the ability to behold something and what we behold manifests in us. What we are persuaded of is what we have access to. Uh, I've used many examples concerning that in previous messages. And what I basically say is this. Um, the moment you believe in something, it can start to live in you. I've watched some wonderful videos. You can go on YouTube and, and, and watch some of these of... Uh, professional research that has been done on the placebo effect. Now the placebo effect, it's, I think it's a Latin for yes please, and what it basically talks about and what it, uh, what it, the meaning of the word now, as we understand it in medical terms, is where people get fake medicine or a medicine that's, or something that's got no uh, healing virtues, but the people just believe that it can heal them. And then they get tremendous results. Uh, one lady was at, at severe depression, just wanted to kill herself. Her marriage was about to break up. Her life was completely destroyed. She doesn't want to get out of her house. She's housebound. They, they go, they say, we've got this wonderful medicine for you. She uses it and was a placebo. It wasn't real. And she, they even took the brain scans of how a brain activity in the emotional part of her brain started to get active and, and she believed it and through that belief she had access to restoration. She was healed. And this is like, a, this is a, a miracle. That's, that's the only thing you can, they try to explain this away but they can't. They've even done many um, placebo operations where people will have cancer, they'll make an incision, they take nothing out, they will just say we successfully removed the cancer and uh, you know, th that's it. And the person would be healed of cancer. It also worked in the negative. 
where a wrong diagnosis was made on people and they were told that they had cancer and the person died in two weeks but he never had cancer. So um, it is, we're a being that has got access or that can actually animate or see things animate in us through belief. Now this is a very, like I said, a theological technical message today, but we need to understand this. This is very important to understand. When God made man, he said, I want this man, I make him from the dust of the earth, I'm going to grant him life. Then the only way wherein he will have immortality or have the ability to, in his, in his body, as a, as a complete human, exist eternally, would be if he's got access to eternal life. If he, in other words, if he can believe that eternal life in God's quality of life, belongs to him, and he can have enough reason and proof to believe in that, then this eternal life will actually indwell him, and he will live forever. So, not just live forever, but live forever on account of the holiness and the righteousness of God that was granted to him. Man came and fell from that. In other words, man came and believed lie and became subject to sin which was uh, to have a, a wrong belief about God and then consequently it ends in death or in destruction or like let me use biblical terms where God said to Adam from dust you were taken and you will return to dust so that is what is what's basically said there but God said I, I want I can actually raise you up out of that dust and give you life again. I can do that. I have that ability. But man could not believe that. So what had to happen is for man to believe that, it needed a work of God. And this is what the Bible says here. It says, what shall we do to bring into fulfillment what God wants done in this world. This is what Jesus said. This is God's work. This is what God is busy doing. This is God's biggest concern. To get you to a place where you can trust Jesus that He can conquer your death and that He can conquer your sin. That is what He, what, what he, what he says. So, um, Jesus goes on, He says, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but the Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. So what is he saying there? He's saying, listen guys, this is the work of God, that you will just trust the Son of God, which is Jesus, and Moses never gave you the true manna, which can give you life, but the Son of God, which is Jesus, He will give you life. So what he's saying is, he's basically saying, the work of God is that we can trust God that what is done in Jesus and what He is saying in Jesus and what He's portraying in Jesus is that it can be believable, that we can believe it, and trust 
God that he can actually give life and immortality to people. That's all. So, what God said in Jesus is this. Now, I'm repeating myself, but please hear carefully. This is the work of God, that people can trust God to make them immortal. That's it. That people can trust God, that God, by His doing, by Jesus, can grant unto every being eternal life, never to die. That is what, what, what Jesus is saying. He said, uh, then he goes on, he says, Then said they unto him, Lord, even more, give us this bread. And he said unto him, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he, sh he, that, um, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you, that you also have seen me and believed not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will by no, no ways cast away. For I come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that all of those which he gives me, that I should lose none of them, but that I should raise it up again, at the last day, and this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and he will raise him up at the last day. Now, <laughs> you know, this has not been preached in church. This that I've just read here has not been preached in church. Church, what we have heard is a gospel on how we can get money, how we can get healing, how we can get wealth, how we can just have a happy life in this world. But that is not what Jesus came to tell. Jesus said, the work of God now in Christ is that we can come to a place where we can believe that God, through Jesus, can raise us up in the last day. And that we can have eternal life and He will raise us up in the last day. That we can have enough reason that our hearts can be persuaded to trust God. Let me get back to the placebo effect. It's a very interesting effect. I, I watched one professor from Germany. And um, he said that the placebo effect works better in Germany than any other country. Now, when you look at the Germans, we look at people that, um, that are not very, I mean, they're not like the South Africans or like the Africans or like the Americans, super spiritual and all those kind of things. They are mostly conservative and they are um, what we would call left brain, you know, analytical about things. And how can this miracle thing actually take place mostly with the Germans. Um, you know why? It's because they completely believe in science and in medical science and in what the doctors say. Their medicine is not the tablet but the doctor's word. Now, you know, with us, with me, I can, I grew up in a house where you know, in a house where the doctor was really also very important. But in my mind, I don't believe doctors know everything. Um, I can easily question if a doctor comes with something. You know, I've got some common sense as well. You know, I can just say this is not right. You know, like my son, 
you know, he, he goes to the doctor, they say this and this and this. I said, but it doesn't make sense, man. You know, so I, I don't really believe everything the doctor says. That means the placebo effect will not work that well on me because I don't always trust every report of the doctor. Um, but if you're at a place where you don't think that you can be healed by miracles and everything is just through the doctor, it will have a great effect on you. Now just look at that phenomena which is part of our design. Now God knows that the only way that He can have access to you to give you eternal life is through your faith. Is when you start to trust and rely on, where you come to a place where God can work up faith in your heart and persuade you, like a doctor would persuade you, with facts. That he can persuade you that you, to the point where you will only trust Jesus to give you, what? To give you life. This is the will of God. That we will have eternal life. This is the work that God's busy with in Jesus. That we will believe on Jesus. So what work did God come, if you want to work all the works of God, if you want to see everything God ever intended for you to manifest in you, if you want to see the will of God manifest in you, what, what do you have to do? Number one, let's define the will of God. Here it says, And this is the will of Him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on Him may have eternal life, and that Jesus, and there's a colon there, explaining what this eternal life is, raising him up at the last day. That's also what it means to know God. This is eternal life to know you and Jesus Christ, his son. This is eternal life to be united in the resurrection power of Christ. Now, I don't have time to explain that verse. We've deceived ourselves thinking this is eternal life just to know what Jesus has done for me. No, no, no. Eternal life is more than just knowing what Jesus Christ has done for me. Eternal life is to be is, is something that a gift that's that we received that manifests in immortality, undying human flesh. Now look at the great. If you just take this, I'm, I'm going to try and show it on the screen here. Look at all the red written there. That is God in human flesh trying to explain to us that he, what the will of God is, what the work of God is, and how it will take place. Number one, the will of God is that you will have eternal life. The only way you're going to get eternal life is by trusting God to give it to you. Man was at a place where he couldn't trust God to give it. He was bound by sin bound by death, and he couldn't, he, sin and death was not conquered in a human being. God didn't have to conquer death for himself. He's immortal. He didn't have to conquer sin. He cannot sin. What happened was man came and lived in a wrong belief. We believed that God, there's something wrong with God, and that God cannot give us eternal life for free. Therefore, we went to a place where we tried to have eternal life by our works. And when we tried to have eternal life by our works, God had to come and end all of that. 
He wanted to end all of that. He wanted to, to, to get that all out of the way. In order to get that out of the way, he had to do it in a way wherein we can understand and believe and see how the promise of God conquers sin and conquers death. And what would be even better is if it conquered my sin and my death. Now, this is what God did. He said, I've got a message for every man. The message which was from the beginning. And that is that I can raise you up and give you eternal life. What needed to be conquered in our minds, God had to conquer the unbelief in the heart of man. God had to conquer the power of sin in man. What is the power of sin? The power of sin is to believe, is, is, is that which works in a man when he believes that he can be saved by his works. And then death had to be conquered. Because to man, death was the, that is, that is where we are all going. We, we're trying to have life, uh, but we can't. So how would God do all of this? He has to end the lawman. So how does he end the lawman? The lawman is the belief that man is or can have access to blessing or salvation by his works. That is the lawman. Jesus had to end that. So he was born a man under the law. He was born a man under the law. And a man under the law, by the works, by being sinless, you know, not doing wrong things, could not have um, eternal life by those works. For Jesus was not raised by the power of the law, but by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here Jesus comes. He is a man under the law. As a man under the law, he took the sin of all the world upon him. So now, what does he have to do? He has to end the law system. He has to end the power of, he was to conquer the power of sin, and he has to conquer death. Now, two of these are going to be conquered by death itself. So if Jesus could die, that's when sin also died. Because sin, its power is unto death. And once death has come forth, then sin has come to its maximum or its end goal. So here, in order for Jesus to conquer sin, he had to be raised from the dead. That's also how he conquered death. For sin and death is just one and the same thing in, in a great degree. So here, here he comes and he says, let me put all sin on me. Let me also be tempted to sin. And what did Jesus do? By faith in the Father, He conquered the temptation as a human. He superseded the ability of the flesh to walk in unbelief. And He believed the Father. He took our sin upon Him. How? By believing that He carries our sin when He was baptized with the baptism of John. By faith, Jesus had access unto our sins. So when he believed that, he actually became sin. Then he went, carried that sin for three years, proved that he carried the sin, went to the cross, took the full manifestation of sin, which is all kinds of curse, all kinds of death on him. Now this is the work of God wherein he works to get you to a place where you can believe in Jesus that he can conquer death and sin in your life. So, 
That's all that God is doing. So he's working this work. He's, he's working with Jesus. He sees he's baptized. He sees the prophets fulfilling the prophecies. Jesus gets raised from the dead. He's, uh, uh, when he was raised from the dead, what happened? All of a sudden, we see a human that possesses all power over sin and death. And the sin that was in him, the death that was in him was mine. So he's got authority over my sin and my death. We can see God conquering my sin, conquering my death. And we see the message which was from the beginning, which is that God wants to grant us eternal life, come towards us. And this message is so good. This is what, is, what this message says. Even if you have died and returned to dust, from dust you come and to dust you will return. Even if you have returned to dust, if you have believed upon Jesus, the one that has conquered all your sin, has conquered all your death in a physical body, which gives you this message of eternal life in what he's done, he will return to the earth to exercise this authority that he has over death and sin in your body. And as you have believed him, you have placed yourself willfully under the jurisdiction of this God. Not that he doesn't have authority over you. <laughs> he does have authority over you. The thing is, where the big thing comes in is we are in the image and likeness of God. We've got this thing wherein we, where God, we have access to this grace through faith. Where God has got access to our life by um, the persuasion in our hearts. That's why the word is preached. And when we believe that word, we find that that word is like a seed in our heart and that word will spring up unto eternal life. Immortality. Church, um, I mean the church has been shocked with so many doctrines so many times that I, I feel sorry for the church. Um, but I also feel a passion to preach this truth to you. Please know this, and, and I, I say it from the depth of my heart. This gospel that I'm sharing with you today is the message of life. It is what God intended from the beginning. The doctrine of universalism, the doctrine of legalism and law and all those kind of things is not found in the Bible. It's not found in the logic of Christ. What the logic of Christ is this. This is God's logic. God wants to preserve the life that was granted to people because man was created. We are a created being. We haven't lived from, from everlasting to everlasting. We are created. You were conceived. You, were, you came forth. God knew you before you were, you were formed in your mother's womb. That doesn't mean you existed before. He knew you. He, he knows things in future. In the same way with my son, I already had conversations with him. I spoke to him long before he was even born. I was envisioning him. I was dreaming him. And then we were made. And when we were made, we received life. And God's vision is that this person in this life will give up the life wherein you try to preserve your life by your good works and find enough Trust in your heart 
to trust Him to give you eternal life. And God came and worked in Christ to bring forth faith in your heart. And what He did was, and what we needed to believe was, we needed to see, because the promise is eternal life, then if God wants to, if God promises that to us, what will make us believe it? We need to see Him conquer our sin, conquer our death, so that we can believe it. And that message, that is the message which was from the beginning. Which God promised from the beginning. Now we can trust Him that if we have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that that Spirit can raise us from the dead. And if we eat His flesh and drink His blood, in other words, if we feed on the fact that He's a human being that ended the system wherein we tried to have life by works, where we, there was a way that seemed unto life, but the end was death. If we can see that, believe that, uh, um, you know, and, and, and make that the the, the foundation of what we believe, trusting that God in Christ has got authority over death and human flesh to have the ability to even raise dust from its death into life and immortality. What will happen to us? We shall have eternal life. So now we believe, the moment you believe, you receive something called eternal life. Because you have eternal life, then death does has no authority over you for you possess eternal life so even if you have died since you have the authority unto life in Christ you can now be raised even at 10,000 years from now if you have died glory to God well people um, that's what I want to share today so Jesus had to conquer sin he had to conquer death it was not an example for you of how to live in love and forgive. Oh my goodness. Church, the gospel is not the message of trying to find eternal life by not being violent. Those of you that listen to different doctrines will know what I'm talking about. I want to say this again. The very thought that you can have eternal life by not being violent, by following Jesus' example of not being violent, is what God wants to save you from. <laughs> that is what kills you. You think you can have eternal life by not being violent? You are lied to. You, don't, you are deceived. You cannot have eternal life by trying not to be violent. You, you, you can only have eternal life by trusting God that can raise the dead. That's the only way, my friend. So let us not get into this, this um, anti-violence thing. Yes, Jesus is anti-violence. He doesn't want us to live in violence. He's come to give us peace. But don't think you're going to have eternal life by not being violent. You, um, you just deceive yourself. It's just the works of the law. You're not going to have eternal life by loving people. I tell you now, you're not going to have eternal life by loving people. Uh, you can give all your things to the poor, have your body burnt even for the spreading of the gospel and all those kind of things and for being persecuted and all that, and then you can still be nothing. Eternal life belongs to God alone and to those who trust that God in Christ has conquered their death, has conquered their sin, and believe upon Him. And th that is the work of God. To bring forth a message and something believable that we can believe that he can make us immortal.
That is the gospel. And church, I know that some might think, Betty, you're crazy, but that is the gospel, and that's what you're going to hear from this pulpit for many years to come. I'm not going to change from this. God is a God of grace, He's a God of mercy, He's a God of kindness, and all those kind of things. But what we have done, and I end off with this, is we have, what we have done is we have had a law-based definition of grace. And what that is, is we think that God, that we were bound to Satan, or let's use the Old Testament uh, uh, story, that we were under the Pharaoh, that God came and incarnated himself into one of the Hebrew slaves, and then he did all the work of the Hebrew slaves so that the Pharaoh can let the people go because all the good works was done that the Pharaoh demanded. That is not what God came to do in Christ. What God came to do in Christ is to kill the firstborn of the Pharaoh. What that means is to end the slave master's rule. That's what he came to do. To grant unto us freedom from the slave master so that we, through trusting God to give us an eternal inheritance, an eternal country of our own, that God can then give it to us. Because we were under the slave master, we couldn't live by faith. Now he ended the slave master so that we can have, by faith, access into uh, what God has had in mind for us from the beginning. Now, this might sound confusing, but it's not, conf well, it's not confusing to me. I enjoy this so, so much. I feel so uplifted. Church, let's pray together. If you've got any questions, please send it to info at dynamicministries.com or even better, just ask God. You know, um, He will also answer you. You are loved and appreciated. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you for the people that watch today. And thank you that you save people. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you're watching here and you maybe watch for the first time, you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You've never actually believed that He can freely give you eternal life. And you've tried to have, by some kind of principles, tithing, sowing, reaping, have, have some access to some form of life or whatever. And you, need to, you want to repent from that. And you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, the one that saves you, the one that... You know, when I just said Savior there, let me say this as well. People are so scared for the return of Christ. Uh, and church people, oh, it's the end of the world. Jesus is coming back, oh, it's the end of the world. Oh, what's, what's happening? My goodness, somebody drowning out in the ocean is not scared of the lifesaver. The same Jesus that came the first time is coming the second time, the loving, caring Jesus. To do what? To manifest the authority over death in every human that believed and trusted in Him. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you want to receive Jesus, your Savior, let us pray together. You can just pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, you've washed away all my death. You've conquered my sin. I believe that you can give me immortality. I trust you. Amen. That's it. Thank you so much for watching. I want to thank everybody that contributes financially towards Dynamic Love Ministries. Your giving is appreciated and uh, your money enables me to preach this gospel in a bold, radical way as I do. Um, I will update you on what's going on on, the, uh, on our studio and the building of the studio here. It's just a place where there's little changes taking place, but it, is, it doesn't look good if we put it on, uh, on the camera where you can literally see this is the, the major changes that took place. So I will uh, keep you updated on what's happening in the studio. They're building every day. They are busy. So I'm very excited to get this going. 
Um, and uh, we, there's some changes coming, you know, in the pipeline on with, with, with how I'm going to run my local churches and the wet church and everything. But I'm excited. I will inform you more about that. Thank you so much. God bless.